0: It's okay to be safe in certain things, but when you're when you're building a brand, or when somebody's building a tech company, think about it. Like, status quo is not a comfortable position. I mean, it's a very we want to all get there, but to get there, we have to be very uncomfortable. We have to create trouble. We have to ask ourselves strange questions and, and make our lives
1: hard. What's up, Zach Tier author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru? Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Akash Kapoor, the founder and CEO of Up Now, which was voted Top 100 fast casual brands of 2022, as well as in previous years, he was also voted individually top 25 executives in the restaurant industry. He is an absolute visionary in business and taste. If you have not tried one of Curry Up Now's burritos, oh my goodness, you are missing out. They are unreal. Like it, it is my uh, my wife and my it, it's our favorite date night. Um, anyway, Akash, so glad to have you on. Give an ovation.
0: Thank you so much uh, for having me here. And yes, the burrito was a life-changing moment in my opinion. <laughs> oh,
1: seriously, it's so good. And, and the Punjabi by nature, like just unreal. So delicious. And like you, you've done an incredible job building this brand. Talk to us a little bit about, for those who might not be familiar with Curry Up Now, talk to us about like the evolution of, of like you, you started and then today, how many locations you had.
0: So, you know, we started in 2009 on a food truck, um, not too far from where I'm actually talking to you from today. And it was just a weekend, Saturday, Sunday business.
1: And in uh, San Francisco is where he's at, by the
0: way. Uh, the Bay Area. But uh, we started uh, in Burlingame, in Burlingame, which is right by the airport, south of Go the airport. Yep. And uh, it was Saturday, Sunday, and I lived close by. My mom and dad uh, were living with me at that point. And so they would cook, we would cook. Uh, and food would just get shuttled over to the truck because it was a mile away, literally. We had no idea what we were doing. We, did, we had no culinary person. My nanny became our first cook. No way. Marcel. you know how to roll a burrito? She goes, yes, I used to work in the cafeteria." I'm like, all right. Um, so that's how it happened. And, and, you know, the first day we went out, there were 200 people in line. I'm like, what the heck? We ran out of propane. We just, we had no idea, right? Uh, people were waiting two hours for their food. It was, it was crazy. Um, and that happened for a few weeks and then we started like figuring it out. Um, and so now you know one truck led to five um, and then we started opening restaurants and bars and made our lives very complicated. Uh, and mm-hmm. now and then we started franchising so we went up one more notch on the complication kind of chain. Um, and uh, and now we're you know we're in eight locations uh, on the corporate side of things. We opened, uh, First location outside the Bay Area from from the corporate side, which is in uh, inside UCSD. We're very lucky to kind of get invited there, uh, by the student body. And then we have locations in Atlanta, in Utah, in Sacramento, in Southern California. Now we're opening in Dallas and Austin the next couple of weeks. Very excited about that. Um, and then North Carolina is next. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot going on.
1: That is that is unreal. So you you are the food truck dream. I mean, like this is. So many people start food trucks they could become akash, and I think that and they uh, do a
0: lot of, a lot of them do you know? yeah
1: and and I think that it's uh, it's incredible what what you've built now one of the things that's really interesting though is if you go to akash's LinkedIn on his you know uh, about where he works, he doesn't call himself the founder and CEO he calls himself the chief troublemaker. Talk to us a little bit about that and what what that mindset means to you
0: you know a couple of things one is. I always say status quo sucks, right? Like <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world. It's okay to be safe in certain things, but when you're when you're building a brand or when somebody's building a tech company, think about it. Like status quo is not a comfortable position. I mean, it's a very we want to all get there, but to get there, we have to be very uncomfortable. We have to create trouble. We have to ask ourselves strange questions and and make our lives hard. And twelve years in, I still work. You know this is a startup that's how my mentality is um, and you know and then the other thing I live by is if you don't get better you get worse so mm. do that you've got to create trouble and and you know and creating trouble is not you know bad human relations and employee relations you know we, we have very good retention and things like that it's more about like disruption like I you know living in this tech world that know now every everywhere is tech world but you know when we started 12 years ago the bay area was kind of the the center of it all right yeah um and it kind of still is but like let's disrupt that was such a sexy word like we want to disrupt we want to disrupt how indian food is done and that's what we've done uh and so that's kind of the mentality of it all
1: and if you were to go back and and talk to yourself maybe seven years ago so not not food truck akash but like you're starting to open up your own brick and mortar location. What advice would you give yourself five, six years ago as you were just starting off the, to open up the brick and mortar locations?
0: You know, my biggest thing would be stay to your core, stay to your principles, stay, stay, stay simple. Because when you start growing, all of a sudden one location becomes two. It's like, it's like having kids. your Mm. first kid is like the center of the first dog, you know, same thing. Uh And you start having sex, then the love gets divided, the attention gets divided. Same thing happens in a restaurant, the more you build, and, and the further you get, you lose a little part of that, you know, And people say, Franchising is an F word, and and okay, maybe it is. I don't think so. But even building corporate stores, you lose a little bit of control at each store because all of a sudden the founders. You know, I was cooking at the at the restaurant every day when we first opened. I was on the food truck cooking every day, um, and and but that goes away, right? So that's I think you, to to keep it very simple. And by the way, I'm saying this. I don't I don't live by it, but I sh- you know I I should have done that. Uh, And now I'm trying to get that all structured and like, keep it simple. We sell five things that sell really well. Why do we sell 20? Things things like that. And then also, I mean, experimentation is great. That's what I'm all about. Um, I like to give my guests, you know, the option of, hey, the next time you go to the restaurant, oh, wow, I've never tried that. Let me try that. So, you know, coming up with new things, which we've been very good at, but now we've slowed it down a little bit because we were doing it so much that we couldn't keep up with training, you know? Uh,
1: and interesting. Training, and,
0: and again, training in one restaurant is easy. Training in 16, 18 restaurants is super tough.
1: Yeah. And how did you, you know, like you, that, that's the thing that's really interesting is like you walk into a curry up now and there is no question about where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, it is It is so curry up nowy and i think that's something that's really interesting but like you go to the menu and even though you have all these crazy designs on the wall and like all these like really bright colors and um great art like you go to the menu and it's it's a really pretty structured menu you know and i think that's something that it's like do you want this in a in a bowl do you want this in a in a wrap and i think that that's something where it it Uh, makes, there's so many people who try to do so much. Mm -hmm. And especially I think the benefit of you starting in the food truck is you, you literally could not do a lot. And I think it's taken a lot of, a lot of discipline over the last 13 years to not just keep adding, 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 adding. How have you curbed that desire to just add, 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 and, and to kind of keep the menu in a, in a more simple state?
0: I, uh, who says I, I haven't been adding? I've been adding, and my my teammates here hate me for that because they're like, it's an overly complicated menu. But when you break down our menu, if you really look at it from a, from a, from a perspective of what really happens to this food, we have five or six master sauces. And then we have, you know, a few proteins, just two proteins and, and vegan protein and all that and it all kind of goes into each other. So it's all kind of there. We we, we yeah. don't like single ingredient things and all that. But again, you're learning. I learn all the time. Like, like now we have, for the first time, we have a culinary guy. Who, who started working with us uh, eight or nine months ago, and that was my job. It still is kind of my job, but at least I have somebody who leads it now mm-hmm. and he talks some sense into me. He's a food scientist as well as a chef. So that's that helps a lot, um, I think, and he talks a lot of sense into me. Now we look at how do we do this at scale? Scale is very important, right? I'm a dreamer. I want to put I want to put so many things on the menu, right? Um, So, but like, I'll give you an example. This past weekend, we were at Rock, which is in Napa. It's that music uh, festival there. And we've been going there for five years. And we're there for two and a half days. And, And the amount of money, or I should say the amount of sales we do in two and a half days with very few menu items, very, very few. It's burritos, bowls, sexy fries, and maybe one appetizer and drink it's mind-blowing. And if I could just do that at the restaurant, you know, you could do four or five things and do them perfectly rather than do 20 things and do some some things get substandard, right? Over yeah. Time. So no, that's something that I need to get better at. Like open restaurants with just three menu items, like maybe an in and out one day. That'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and like, and and by the way, for for the listeners, if you have not tried Sexy Fries, you have not even tried fries these these things i actually had them for the first time because i get i got so used to getting the things that i really really love and then when i went there on the on a double date recently the other couple got sexy fries and they were unreal so good anyway um so what what do you feel like is the the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays
0: you know so it's changed right in in i talk Let's just say we're in a post-COVID world. We're not yet, but let's just, Mm -hmm. you know, we're almost there, right? Um, And it was very different even three months ago for us. And we were like, we have robots bringing food to your table. And we have QR codes where you can place orders and and blah, blah, blah. We got rid of paper menus completely. Um, And, you know, then I started going to restaurants and I eat out a lot. And I'm going to fine dining restaurants now and like some really fancy, I'm like, where's the menu? And we're six of us and everybody's on their phone for the first uh-huh. few minutes. I'm like, this sucks, right? <laughs> this is why we're here. Um, and so I got rid of all that. And I'm like, guest experience now is all about welcoming people back and making them not feel like they're still living in a pandemic, even though we still are we're almost you know not and and so that was very important to this decision of ours and also having greeters at restaurants like hey welcome back mm. like that's you know um we haven't seen you in a while um yeah. things like that and would you like to place an order with our cashier here or would you like to place an order at your table i can help you i can you know those kind of things uh because i think it became very cold for a while like the service was so cold and and obviously as you know and the whole world knows everybody's short-staffed uh um, yeah. we have not been hit by that um really should, yeah we we've been i mean bar positions here and there maybe a manager short but i mean in, in the entire company maybe we're short of 10 15 people out of you know 18 wow people. i mean that's that's normal that's like par right i mean we yeah just, we just staffed up dallas and austin it took it took a good three weeks but we're at you know, we're 80 people in Dallas. We haven't even opened Austin. We're at 40, um, and you know it's fine. And you know, we, we just opened uh, San Diego, and we you know 10, 15 people we needed, and we fill that. It's 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 more of a mindset. If you keep saying I'm 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 digressing, but if you keep saying you're short you're always going to be short staffed, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I think service-wise, it's very important to just make people feel warm again, whole again, and like hey here's and we're fast casual right we're like I call ourselves fine casual so there's always a little bit of like you know go to the counter and place your order but after that we don't want our guests to get up You can Mm -hmm. go to the bathroom we don't want to we don't want you to bust your table we don't want you to get up for water if you want to place another order just place place it from your table so I think that's super important but and also along with that is people need to feel like they're coming in and getting out very quickly. Nobody wants delays anymore. I think everybody's lack of patience. I mean, you are probably not as patient as you were three years ago. I yeah. I, I know I'm not. So we got used to that, and I think that's not going away. I think the speed of service is very important.
1: That's a great point because we actually saw that. I mean, even at Ovation, we saw a huge surge in in the beginning of the pandemic of everyone being like it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. and the speed of which that patience eroded was was monumental like just seeing how quickly people just immediately started complaining about speed of service right when they know that i mean in the in the beginning there was a lot of acceptance because everything was like new and different and now it's just like no, like everyone needs to have their stuff together and my food needs to come out twice as fast and it needs to be accurate every time.
0: And I think no, no excuses, and no reasons for, you know, I see a lot of places where, hey, be kind to our staff. We are short staffed, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I respect that. And and we were my HR guy said, hey, let's put these up. I said, listen, we're not going to make excuses. That's no new mm. restaurant tours. Restaurants always work. You know, we're always like there's thousand things happening to put out one dish in front of you, right? Yeah, and there's always things that go wrong. I'm like, listen, we just have to fight through it and we'll make it work. Uh, I don't want to make excuses. I'd rather make excuses, you know later, but asking for, you know, advance permission to screw up <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's it that
1: you, you know? and and then it kind of like almost sets a different precedent for the staff as well, you know, in in some cases where they're like, Oh yeah, we've already got permission to yeah, to be yeah. a little lax on that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, what what are some successful things that you've tried lately?
0: Well, <laughs> funnily enough, one of the 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 best things that we've we've implemented is Ovation. So thank you to you for that. Right, uh, thank you our franchisee in Utah who introduced us a couple of years ago, and I was very against it. I uh, I'm a fairly faithful tech user and a fairly faithful friend. So I, you know, we had a partnership with a different company who did kind of the same thing, differently. Same, same, but different, as I say. But <laughs> uh, and you know, we just we didn't want to go. You know, they were very happy with them, but then we found you guys, and and it's just such you know, with tech, especially when there's guests involved and when there's employees involved, the number one thing is ease of use and, you know, adaptability, adoptability. Are they going to use this thing? You know, you can put the best tech out there. Who cares? Right. Um, But are they going to use it? You know, and what we found with with Ovation is just the text messaging part of it, you know, because I think email, emailing in the restaurant business sucks. (laughs) I mean, I can't can't wait for emails to just be extinct. Uh, But, (laughs) You know with, with the sms part the text or the pop-ups or whatever it's so much easier so that's one that we really been very kind of i'm super high on uh, the other one is and i'm not saying this because we're talking i genuinely believe that and i've become a brand ambassador very quickly but the other one also is uh, you know we've tried these stable ordering services yeah. um, um you know there's a couple of companies out there that we really like glide is one uh, and then bbots the other um, even though they're now owned by DoorDash, we're still in business with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, we're very fortunate to be OLO users, and I think OLO really saved our butts uh, because we were we were OLO pre-pandemic, right? We were. Olo oh prepared. wow. We were ready for this, right? I mean, you know, believe it or not, we were like, "Ah, that's that's people." You know, we're takeouts a big thing anyway for us, right? Yeah. And dispatch and the rails and all that good stuff already figured out. And then the other part is the loyalty program that we have with Thanks that does very well for us, and they work through all those. So all that really worked well. And and uh, um, you know, I don't know if you realize, but I didn't mention my POS. We won't take their names because they are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's mostly, um, you know, we've been very selective I and mean, we've been like getting rid of tech because I think at one point we had too much tech, right? Um, you know, there's an inventory platform I and mean, there's this platform, I mean, just you know, too much noise. It's too hairy. Let's keep it simple.
1: So as you were kind of evaluating, removing tech, why did you decide to, to put Ovation into the mix?
0: Well, Ovation was... Well, we used it in conjunction with another, you know, vendor. Um, and we're like, let's test and see where we're getting more feedback One, what's easier to use, um, long form versus short form, um, because you can ask so many questions. And weirdly, we would ask like 30 questions and 80, 90% of the people would respond. Um, and the benefit was a $5 kind of coupon or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, then, but then getting in touch with that guest was really hard. Um, So we kind of just kind of replaced uh, one with the other, so it wasn't new. Um, But I mean, what we've seen is just the ease of use with the general managers, even with shift leads, uh, because we have, we don't need our GMs to be responding to people. We we just want somebody to respond, right? Within 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Um, And then the the biggest benefit i've seen is our our social scores have gone up like yelp and, and google which is unreal which
1: cuz you already had great scores
0: yeah but they've they've gotten better so and they're getting better which is just crazy um so yeah um uh, that's why we you know we like your tech as
1: so, as much as we do now so how do people find you and follow your brand you
0: know um
1: uh, on, on, we're not everywhere. We're
0: not, you know, we're not as big as people think we are. We're pretty small. And as I said earlier, we run ourselves as a startup. We're pretty lean. Um, but we're, you know, we're opening, you know, on a, as I say, on a street near you because we're still very streety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our next few openings are uh, in Texas. Uh, and I think Texas is going to be huge for us. We've got four or five LOIs, three opening in the next three weeks. North Carolina is happening very soon. Atlanta's growing. Um, so, I mean, apart from being in these, you know, in these areas, um, you know, we, we sell our food on gold belly, shameless plug here. Sorry. Um, no, please. Uh, you know, we, we do very well with, with online, you know, gold belly sales. And and so that's, you know, that's how we, you know, and then people visiting the Bay Area we're everywhere here.
1: Yeah. Well, Akash, for being my go-to date night and bringing the heat with this podcast, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us and give an ovation, my man. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.